Morning everyone, welcome. It's good to be here again. Um, as Mike said, we're continuing on. Uh, we're looking at John's Gospel. We are working our way through it. I love it, it's my favourite. I know it might not be everyone's favourite, but I've got the mic, so that's what counts. We're in John chapter 12, and we're right at the end of John chapter 12 now, following on from last week. And what we looked at last week was unbelief and, and why people don't believe in Jesus. And what we're looking at this week is the opposite to that. We're looking at belief and why people should believe in Jesus. Not because I say so, but because he says so. And um, I get critiqued every week after I speak at church. I go home and my kids and my wife tell me what's good and what's bad and what, have you, what you've done right and what you've done wrong. And last week I got told off. <laughs> Maybe telling off's a little bit strong, okay? Last week I was given some advice. And I've tried to take that advice this week. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to read first of all. And I'm reading from John chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse 44, and I'm reading through to the end, which is verse 50. It says this. It says that Jesus cried out, then Jesus cried out. When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its truth. Lord, we ask your blessing as we come before you this morning to learn more of you. Father, we trust that you'll speak to us. Help us to hear from you. Help us to put aside those things that stop us from hearing from you. Lord, for we ask it for your glory and for your purpose, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is Jesus speaking in the... No, but not this, this... This is Jesus speaking in the temple, not long before he's about to be crucified. This is, his, this is his final call. This is his last notice. This is what he's this is what he's here, what he came to earth to do. This is summing it all up. Because he knows what he's about to go through. Paul warned us in Acts chapter 17, verse 31. He says, God has a fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man 
whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. These verses that we've read today represent Jesus' last call to the Jews. Those people who he stood before who had not believed in him. There's nothing in these verses that he hasn't already said several times. But these words serve as a review of some of the key truths that John is writing about in his gospel. I want you to remember, I'm going to, every time I stand up and preach from John's gospel, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it again. I want you to remember why John wrote his gospel. He tells us that he wrote his gospel that we would believe in the Messiah, that we would believe in Jesus Christ. And then in doing so, in believing in his name, we would have eternal life. Every single time you read something, whether it's one verse or loads of verses from John's gospel, keep that in your head because that is the key to unlocking everything that John is trying to tell us. He wants us to know who Jesus is and he wants us to believe in who Jesus is. These are Jesus' last words to an unbelieving nation before he was crucified. The next five chapters that come after chapter 12 are Jesus speaking in private with his disciples. This is his last open speech to everyone. And therefore, I believe we should be paying attention to it. Jesus gives us himself four reasons why we should believe in him. I want you to take note that Jesus cried out these words. Didn't speak them in a soft voice, didn't whisper them, stood up where he was and cried out. Jesus wanted people to hear these words. I'm going to sum it up in a sentence and then I'm going to spend about 15 or 20 minutes talking about it. But if you just listen to one sentence, please let it be this one. Jesus said, believe in me because I am one with the Father. I am the light. My words will judge all that reject them. And I speak the Father's commandment that is eternal life. First point, he says, verses 44 and 45. Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. Jesus is saying here in these verses, believe in me because I am one with the Father. Don't believe in me because I'm here telling you to believe in me, but believe in me because I am one with the Father. Jesus is he's confirming here his unity with God the Father in heaven. He's saying plainly, I and he are one. In John 10 verse 38, he said that they should know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. In John 8, 19, Jesus rebuked his critics. He says, 
you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. And I can go more. I can quote more verses from John's gospel where Jesus talks about being one with the father. This isn't new at the end of chapter 12. It's not, he's not just suddenly sprung it on the people at the end. He's been saying it all along. I am going to mention very briefly, John, the gospel writer, does still distinguish Jesus from the Father, i.e. the Father as a person and Jesus as a person. But still says that they're joined. There's a unity there, i.e. they are one and the same God being, but they're different people. And he affirms it again here. He says that the Father has sent him. And that would be nonsense. If they were the same person, that would be nonsense, wouldn't it? But he also affirms that they're so closely identified, so closely in unity, so closely joined, that to believe in him is to believe in the Father. To see him is to see the Father. You need to understand, but by using these words... Jesus is clearly claiming to be God. There's no doubt about what Jesus is saying. He's claiming to be God and yet to be distinct from the Father. I want to put something out there. I want to say that the Trinity, as true, it, as true as it is, and as much as I believe it, I am never going to fully understand it while I'm here on this earth. But I know that the Bible tells me it's true. It's clearly taught throughout the entirety of Scripture. Again, I've got a whole list of verses. So if you want the verses, I'm not going to read them all now, but if you want the verses, come and speak to me and I'll say, here, go and read these. This is where it talks about the Trinity. The Bible not only affirms that God is three persons and that each person is fully God, it also affirms that there's only one God. And those three persons, united, are one God. Even back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. When Jesus says, He who sees me sees the one who sent me, he's affirming what was said right back at the beginning of John in chapter 1, verse 14. Can anyone remember what that says? And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Also verse 18 of John 1, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Jesus, what that word tells us in John chapter 1, Jesus explains God. He is the personification of God. When he stands here on this earth, when he stood here on this earth, he explained God in his being. Jesus repeats this answer when Philip says, show us the Father. We've not got to it yet. John chapter 14 it is. This is what Jesus says to Philip. Have I been so long with you 
and yet you have not come to know me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So even Philip, who spent all his time with Jesus, chapter 14, don't, don't forget, that's one, of those, that's one of those chapters that comes after 12, where Jesus is talking in private with his friends, and he's saying, how do you still not get it? How do you still not know? If you have seen me, Philip, you have seen the Father. One John chapter two affirms, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. Jesus and God the Father are united. That's the first point that Jesus makes in his final call to these people. That's the first point that he makes. I and God are one. The second point he makes refers to something again that he's already said. He says, believe in me because I am the light. How visual is that? I am the light. I mean, incredible, incredible that, you know, Ali stood up here this morning and talked about being in the darkness. I can't imagine what it's like to be in that place where he was. Physically, I mean. In the jungle. Desperate to get out. Desperate for some sort of hope. And in his prayer, he asked God to show him the way. And God showed him the light. God gave him the light. Jesus says, believe in me because I am the light. Verse 46, I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. How incredible is that? It's a reiteration of the truth that John has repeatedly told us. We sang it last week. Light of the world, you came out into darkness, opened my eyes, set me free. John chapter one again, we can go all the way back to, I'm, I'm only reminding you what John's already told us. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Again, later in John chapter 1, calls, John calls Jesus the true light who comes into the world and enlightens every man. John chapter 3 refers to Jesus as the light. It says, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Well, he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. John chapter 8, Jesus proclaims, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 9, 
just before Jesus opens the eyes of the man bald blind, he says, whilst I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And in John chapter 12, we see it again. For a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. Whilst you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. You see, the world without Jesus, and actually it comes back to the point that Paul was making before, there's nothing in us of any worth. The world without Christ is in spiritual and moral darkness. That's our state. That's the standard state of the world. The world doesn't understand that the Spirit of God reveals things in his word because the world is darkened, the Bible tells us, in their understanding and can't see until they have the light. And that light is Jesus. In 1 John 1, the apostle declares, this is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light and in him, and this, this, is, this is amazing, in him there is no darkness at all. None. So when Jesus states in this verse that we've just read today, John chapter 12, verse 46, that he's come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness, he is again claiming to be God. Understand the significance of that. When he stands up and cries out in a loud voice that he is the light, he is again claiming to be God. Because God is the ultimate source of light and in him is no darkness found. When Jesus says, I am the light, he says, I am God. Amazing, amazing words. He is the light. He says, believe in me because I am one with the Father. Believe in me because I am the light. He then says in verses 47 and 48, believe in me, because to reject my words means that you will face a judgment. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. Again, this isn't new. Jesus isn't suddenly after 12 chapters of John's gospel revealing something that he hasn't said before, but it's his final call. He's reiterating the point. He's telling the message again. John chapter three, verses 17 and 18. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 5, for, even the Father judges, for not even the Father judges anyone, 
but he has given all judgment to the Son. John chapter 5 again. Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? John chapter 8. You judge according to the flesh. I'm not judging anyone, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it, but I am, and the Father who sent me. John chapter 9. For judgment I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. John chapter 12. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. I don't know how many verses I've just read from John, but I want you to see that when Jesus speaks at the end of chapter 12 and talks about judgment, it isn't the first time he said it. And some of you might be sitting there going, but Jesus, hang on, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge. And then he says, but there will be a judgment and my words will judge people. Is that a contradiction? No. When Jesus says, I didn't come to judge, what he's saying is, the first time round, here when I'm on this earth, I haven't come to judge. I've come to do the job that God sent me to do, God the Father sent me to do. I've come to save people. I've come to give people time. I've come to show people who I am. I've come to go to the cross. I've come to rise again. I've come to ascend back into heaven. I've come first to do those things, not to judge. But this tells us he's coming again. And when he does come again, he is the judge. He will be the ultimate judge of all of us. So there's no contradiction. He's simply saying, now is the time for you to believe in me. Because there will come a time when if you don't, there will be judgment. It's not new. He's not suddenly sprung it on him. Out of, out of the hat, a rabbit out of the hat right at the end. By the way, if you don't believe all this stuff that I said, here's what's happening. He's told them all the way through. The final thing in the last couple of verses, 49 and 50. Jesus says we should believe in him because he faithfully gives us the Father's commandment that is eternal life. He says, for I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told them me. Here again, Jesus repeats the truths that we've already read in John's Gospel. John chapter 5, verse 19. Truly, truly, I say to you. Now, when you come to the Bible study on a Wednesday night, if there's ever a truly, truly in the sentence, it means listen up. It means this is dead true. Truly, truly, I say to you. This means listen to the next bit. The son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, 
these things the Son also does in like manner. That says Jesus does exactly what the Father does. And it uses fancy words, but he's just said Jesus does exactly what the Father does because of the same. John chapter 7, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Jesus didn't come and just start making stuff up on the spot. This stuff has always existed since the dawn of time. He and God were together. He and God, Jesus the Son and God the Father were together at creation. This stuff has always been. His teaching isn't you. It's God the Father's brought to earth through him. John chapter 8. When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. John chapter 8 again. I speak the things which I have seen with my Father. You see, when you hear them, when you read John's Gospel, they don't all appear together, those verses in a nice section, but when you read them one after the other, after the other, after the other, in next to each other, you're like, wow, he said it so many times. How did these people not understand? How do people still not understand now? You see, Jesus is saying here, he's not like, he's not like an, an original religious genius who's dreamed up his own religious message. He's a faithful messenger. He is a faithful messenger telling the people everything that God the Father has sent him to tell them. He's not like left heaven and said, see you later, God the Father. I'm not going to listen to anything you've just told me. I'm going to go and tell them what I want. I'm God too. I don't have to listen to you. I'm God as well. I'm going to go and tell them what I want. No. Jesus says he's a faithful messenger, delivering the messages that God the Father sent him to give. I want you to note also that Jesus emphasizes twice that the Father gave him a commandment as to what to say and speak. And that commandment is what it says is it's eternal life. Twice he emphasizes this here. Go and say and speak the commandment that I give. That commandment is eternal life. What does this tell us? Well, this puts it in bold. This underscores, this says that God is the ultimate and final authority. He's the boss. He's in charge. We use the word sovereign. He's in control. He doesn't give any kind of godly divine suggestions or helpful hints for happy living. Funnily enough, we talked about again, we were talking about happy living before, weren't we? God doesn't come and go, oh, do you know what? Here's a, here's a, a self-help book for how to get through your life and it'll be great. He just says, I'm the authority. I will have mercy on who I have mercy. 
believe in me. I am the light. Jesus says, believe in me. I am one with the Father. Believe in me. If you don't, you'll be judged. Believe in me because it's eternal life that's at stake. That's what Jesus said. It's a call to believe in him for salvation. And the time is now. So I say to you, have you listened to Jesus' message? Don't, don't, don't worry about the person sat next to you. Have you listened to Jesus' message? Have you listened to Jesus' last call? Believe in me. I am one with the Father. Believe in me. I am the light. Believe in me. Because judgment is coming. Believe in me. Because I have the gift of eternal life. And it comes from nowhere else. I pray and I trust that we in here believe in that way. If you don't, I pray that you soon do. I pray that Jesus will reveal himself to you, that you will see his light and his glory. Those of us that do believe, I pray that God enables us to share that truth better with others. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. Again, we thank you for its truth. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came and you showed us who you are. We thank you for that revelation. Lord, we thank you that we weren't left in the darkness, but you provided the light. Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit as our guide. Bless us, Lord, as we look to learn more about you and grow to be the people that we should be. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.